listening to Cap and Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. The Captain J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan. John the Hood with you on the Captain J Hood Morning Show. Talking to you about the Bears, 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Ryan Pohl speaks today at 1030. Now, it'll be Carmen and Yurko. They'll be able to review that sound uh, coming up at noon. So we'll be, if you missed it, you'll be able to hear from Ryan Poles at noon with Carmen and Yurko, and you'll get the full context of everything he's talking about. Yeah, I'll be locked in watching Ryan Poles speak while I finish my game prep for tonight. I've got a big tilt over at the Credit Union One Arena. Hmm. That would be Drake at UIC. Hmm. Hmm. I think you're going to be doing the same game. I will be there as well. I made sure that you're... Uh, 100 yards away from me at all times. You'll be at one end and I'll be at the other end of the table. Actually, you are doing it from the parking garage. It's a new <laughs> concept. Okay. <laughs> okay. Better view. 312 <laughs> <laughs> Our phone number does. Uh, Ryan Poles need to explicitly commit to Justin Fields. And what we're talking about is, is that, you know, when Ryan Poles goes up there, you know that this dogged media, this aggressive media here in Chicago. God. Oh, I mean, Patsy will be there. Yep. Cronin's going to be there. Leisure is going to find out whether or not. My question is, will Potsy get up there and say, and I love you, Potsy, but Ryan, I gave you guys a B plus. So tell me your thoughts on the way the season unfolded at 3-14. and 14. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know they're going to ask. Like, are you committed to Justin Fields? There's no Witterer, all those guys, they will ask. Yes, no 100%. Question. So, so, and so that's the question. Does he need to commit to Justin Fields? Your thoughts. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. All right, let's go to the phone lines to talk to you this morning here on this Tuesday. We start off first with James and Gurney on ESPN 1000. Good morning, James. Jimmy! Good morning, fellas. A couple of congratulations, Hoodie, on your award. That's awesome. First Thank number one show. Happy New Year. You guys rock, man. Congratulations to everybody. You. Thank you very much. And Zed and Shay. I love you guys. So, I don't necessarily care if he commits or doesn't commit. I hear I hear both sides of the coin. I hear where you're coming from, Cap. All just the turmoil it may bring. But Justin's the guy, I hope. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm leaning to just some of his. But we've talked about it. You guys talked about it thoroughly. And I agree with even Waddle said and what you, the, the talent, the roster. But there's some things I'd like to see this kid get rid of the ball quicker, progress a little bit more. There's a lot. I watched a lot of tape this year. There's a lot of open guys he missed. So there's a lot of progression for Justin, but I think all three of these, uh, Justin Stroud and uh, Young, are going to have similar careers. I think Justin may have just a little bit better career. Now, I don't even know if it's the right thing to do if there was the Peyton Manning that was just a, the, you know what I'm saying, like that one quarterback that you knew, the Joe Montana or the Joe Burrow, but you never even really know that. So I don't think it's necessary for them to trade out. But if they make that decision, they're hanging their head on, they're hanging their hat on a decision that could either go either way. So. I think Justin's the guy, and again, I just don't think there's too much difference in the talent gap between them three, and I think Justin's bigger, stronger, and if he could just progress with more talent, like everything he talked about, we're going to see, but it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of talk about it over until April, right? Love nope. you guys, and congratulations on everything. Thank you, Appreciate James. you. I, I mean, but again, the mindset's different, Cap. This mindset is about trying to have more offense on the field. You're trying to catch up with the, with the Joneses offensively in this league. Look, it's an offensive league. 
no matter how much you might love your defense and getting after the quarterback, it's an offensive league, and putting points on the board matters. Even in this losing season, I'll give you an example, the Cowboy game. I mean, <laughs> it was lopsided, but the point is that the Bears were putting some points on the board. It's the Patriots putting points on the board. And I like the, the exotic design of some of the things that Getsy has done. I mean, just like direct snaps to Cole Komet and to Montgomery, all that. It was some fun plays that we saw this year. But that's because Getsy Fields in the offense did some good things. But the defense sucked. Defense sucked in the past game was woeful because we have receivers that couldn't get any separation. We had an offensive line that couldn't protect as well as it needed to. And Justin needs significant development. He would tell you that. And I'm his biggest backer. But he needs talent around him, and he needs to continue to get better as well. And I know there's some Never Justin people because they call in not just our show but uh, other shows as well, Cap. They believe that, well, what's in the draft is better than what we have right now. How do you know that? How do you know that? I can just tell you right now, as uh, from your eyes and from my eyes, watching college football on Saturdays, I don't see a absolute sure thing as far as a quarterback position is concerned. Not just yet. I was talking to a friend of mine last night who's been a GM in the league. No, his name's not Ryan Pace. He said the problem that the Bears have, he said it's... There isn't Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft. He said when Mahomes came out, if you'll remember, he he was not, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes. It was There was questions. He was wild and inconsistent. Correct. And crazy. He said everyone liked his arm strength and a great kid, and his dad was a pro baseball player, so he'd grown up in that culture. He had a lot of good things. But he said that there were a lot of people that went, I don't know. Can he harness all that? He got in the perfect situation with the great tutor in uh, Alex Smith and the best possible coaching mentor in Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. But he said when Trevor Lawrence came out, every single person went, that's the guy. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. He said there have been those rare guys, Peyton Manning, a few others. He said and then there's been ones you thought were generational that didn't work out like Ryan Leaf for other reasons off the field. And he's cleaned his life up. God bless him. But he said this one, he said, Bryce Young, awfully slightly built. Can he last? Are you mortgaging everything for him? Somebody might. Will Levis, he said, I don't know. He's got a lot of skill, but I don't know if he's that guy. He said, C.J. Stroud, for as much as I like him, there's some processing things. Is he, you know, because of the Ohio State talent level, playing Northwestern and Illinois and all these teams versus playing in the National Football League. He said that's the one issue that might limit or put a governor on how much you can get in trade. Here's Jim and Crystal Lake on ESPN 1000 with Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Jim. Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, so, you know, Justin Fields, I think, you know, as much as we're talking about other, you know, uh, putting him to bed and, and uh, drafting other quarterbacks, if you think about it, I think Justin Fields is the perfect fit for what the Bears are doing. I mean, you're going to have some veteran free agents coming in that, you know, they're going to like working with Justin. And then you got rookies. Justin's attitude is like, I think is like perfect for rebuilding this thing. And you don't know what these other guys' attitudes really are. And as far as committing to Justin Fields on the podium, as your question was, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what these guys say. It's all just, you know, something good to say. You know, it, it's, a, it's a business. So that, that's where I stand with the whole commitment. 
committing to Justin. I, I don't think it really matters what he says and what he doesn't. Do you? But you're committing to him, and that's the most important thing, right? Well, you know, my opinion really doesn't matter too much. But, but it does but, oh, to uh, you. Yeah. But it does to us. You're one, of, you're one of our guys, Jim. What are you talking about? Your opinion matters. Uh, man, that's I needed that this morning. You know, I needed a little uplifting. So I appreciate that. Huh? No, absolutely. I mean, you're one of our guys. Of course, everyone's opinion matters when it comes to this uh, this team because for the next ten years, we're going to be on quite a ride here. <laughs> new stadium, new presidents coming. You know, you, uh, new assets to this football team. It's going to be quite a ride here. Well, the other thing is when Ryan Poles sits down and talks to Jonathan Hood, the left tackle, who's a free agent at the top of the market. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing at quarterback? Uh, It's Justin. Oh, because it didn't sound that way when you spoke. It's just, hey, man, here's our quarterback. We're all in behind this guy. We're going to do the best possible thing to build this team. Again, if he goes to that podium and says, yeah, I'm not sure yet. i got to evaluate. Excuse me? You're not sure after the season if he's your guy or not. Now the whole narrative changes. It does. Yeah. It does not preclude him from taking a call from the Tennessee Titans, just to pick one random. What are you doing at quarterback? You trading that pick? I want that pick. Tell me what the cost is. Well... I might take a quarter. Okay, then talk to me about Justin. He can have all those conversations. And if they say, well, uh, okay, you can keep the pick then because you're not all in on your guy. That's fine. I've got the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks and the Lions and the this and the that all calling. If you want the pick, here's the price. 312-332-3776 our phone number. Does Ryan Poles need to explicitly uh, commit to Justin Fields? We'll get your phone calls in on that. And also, still to come, we're going to hear from Justin Fields himself, the quarterback for the Bears, who spoke to the press yesterday. Captain J. Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and J. Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tag you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it. Captain Jay Hood, mornings 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. The Bulls lose to the Celtics last night. DeMar DeRozan has an injured quad. Georgia blows out TCU 65 to 7. And Johnny Cueto signs with the Miami Marlins. As we turn to Albert Breer with us here on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Albert. Hey, Hoodie. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Been, now? Uh, must, have been a, must have been a fun Sunday. Uh... Watching the Texans and the Bears duke it out there, <laughs> uh, I, I like it was the weirdest thing because I like honestly like after you know it became pretty clear Buffalo was going to beat um, you know beat beat New England. Then we had the drama with the Dolphins and the and the Steelers and, and who was going to make it there. And um, you know I actually thought like the Texans Bears drama was almost as compelling. And I can't imagine what that must have been like to watch. You know, Lovey Smith in his last act as Texans coach, like ripped the hearts out of Houston and uh, and do everybody back in Chicago a big solid. 
Yeah, we're going to put a statue of Lovey up at the new stadium <laughs> when they get that thing built. Bert, good morning to you. So let's talk about your discussion with Matt Eberflus. Very interesting article on SI.com and the Monday Morning Quarterback that you write. What is your takeaway when Ryan Poles goes to the podium this morning at 1030 after your informed discussion with Eberflus, does Poles say, yeah, we're going to look at everything, but he's our quarterback? Or does he say, well, we might draft one? I think he's going to show confidence in Justin Fields. I mean, I look, guys, I, I still think there's, like, obviously a long way to go until the draft, you know? And um, I would say this, like, if you think Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or one of those guys is Trevor Lawrence, you know, or Patrick Mahomes, well, you know, then the equation changes. But, I, I you know, I, I think Justin Fields showed a lot, and I think – one of the great things about watching Justin Fields this year is like how much room there is for growth. You know, like he made you competitive in a lot of situations where maybe you wouldn't have otherwise been competitive. And um, and I, I I think you know you look at it, and you still see where there is so much room to grow. And if you put him behind a competent offensive line and you give him a couple weapons, how different this could look. You know, and so that's what's interesting about it to me is sort of where Justin Fields can take this next and what you can do to help him. Um, you know, and, and so I think just out of respect for, like, just the way he put his body on the line for your team and the leadership he showed, the kind of kid he is, um, he's never bitched once, I don't think, right? Like, am I right about That's that? That's correct. Like, he's never bitched once about anything. And I live in New England, and I've seen, like, Mac Jones, kind of whine about a lot of things, you yep. know? And so I, I've seen the other side of what that looks like. Um, I think out of respect for everything Justin's done, they're going to tell you that, that Justin Fields is their quarterback, with the caveat that if, you know, they go through the evaluation process and there's something that's just off the charts there, the most important position on the field, they have to they have to consider it. Albert, you are correct when you say we're not there yet for the draft you know, because... By the way, by the way, by the way, the one thing I would add to, I wouldn't underrate this piece of it, like... There is like a poker game that all general managers have to play mm-hmm. with. And I, and I think one thing you have to do, if you want to create some value in that pick, and like let's say Ryan Poles' intention is to trade that pick, you have to make every other team that might want to trade for that pick believe that you are considering absolutely everything. You know? Like, so I think that that's a factor, too, is just like letting everybody else know, like, hey, like, you can't count on us passing on anything here. So if you want to you know, take the guesswork out of it, you're going to have to come up and get this pick from us. Let's talk about tanking in the NFL with the Bears. This is exactly what Poles has decided to do. He leveled this, this franchise, got rid of some of the veterans, and the number one team in the league as far as salary cap. So, yep. and so, again, this is not baseball or basketball in the NFL. Do you think that this plan works, tanking, or, you know, just in the NFL overall? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple schools of thought on this, Hoodie. Like, I, I like, like, there's the like Buffalo school of thought. There, it, it, I mean, Buffalo, Atlanta. I think had, had done this with Arthur Smith, where um, you know what you do is you make yourself competitive in year one, and then you sort of do the quote unquote tank, where you you know take on a bunch of dead money and and gut the roster in year two. Um, and the logic behind doing it that way is you put yourself in a position where you're going to build belief in the locker room and you're going to build belief in the organization in year one. So then when you actually do cut the thing out and you, and you do have, and you do go through like the necessary process of 
cleaning the books and clearing the decks and building up draft capital, everybody in the organization, everybody in the locker room knows that you're capable of getting it back to where it needs to be. And then the other school of thought is, well, you just do it in year one and get it over with and get past it. And that's obviously what the Bears did. So there are two different schools of thought there in the the way that you do it. I don't think anybody would admit to calling it a tank. But, I mean, I think a lot of times when you do come into these situations, there is a messed up salary cap. There's contracts you have to offload. There's, you know, a, a, a sort of cleaning out process that's necessary. And so, you know, there are different ways to go about doing that. And I think people have had success and failure doing it each way in the past. Albert, I was talking to a former executive yesterday who said if there was a Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft, he said, if you think back to 17, there were questions. Is Mahomes, as Hoodie put it, too wild? Yeah. Can he make? But he said Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, the- there were people. There were people. I mean, Cap. There were people who had a third round grade on Mahomes. So, like, there's a lot of revisionist history. When it Correct. Comes to him, He's, but he I mean? said it, there is not a guy this year that you go. I'll mortgage everything to get that guy, Trevor Lawrence or Peyton Manning. He said there isn't one of those. He goes. Bryce Young's really good, but he's slightly built. There's question. Stroud, does he process quick enough? Is he a, 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 a product of Ohio State's talent level? Will Levis, there's questions, but he certainly has a lot of the characteristics. So does that diminish what the Bears can hope to get in a trade at all? Maybe. I mean, I, I think, you know, we still have, like, a long way to go, you know. And so, like, I... Yeah, you know, I just like look at the way that this has gone over the years, and um, you know, when you look at the way that rookie quarterbacks are assessed or draft eligible quarterbacks are assessed, um, and you know, like the way that the NFL processes them, um, you know, I, there, there are definitely examples of guys getting hot during the process. You know, like Baker Mayfield got hot during the process and wound up going in front of Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Um, Kyler Murray got hot during the process, um, so. Like there are definitely examples, and there have been examples over the years. Zach Wilson got hot, you know. Um, like there are definitely examples of like guys sort of, all right. Like he checked this box at his pro day, and he checked this box at the combine, and now all of a sudden there's rumors that this team or this team might be interested. So you need to get above this spot in the draft order to go and get this guy. That can certainly happen. But I would say yeah, I'm with you in that like. At the beginning of the process, I don't think that there's anybody slammed up. Now, I think Bryce Young checks every single box, right? But, like, you show me an example of a guy who's five foot 11, 185 pounds, and runs 4'7", who succeeded at that position. I mean, I, I think the only, uh, the only real example of it is Drew Brees, right? Mm-hmm. Like, guys who are that height generally are really, really, like, you have to be an incredible athlete to make it at that height because you have to be able to escape. Breeze is the one exception, but he's a complete outlier, right? Um, you know, so I, I think that that's something that's, you know, like, like going to be the question with Stroud, or with, with, with Young, with Stroud. The question is when you change the picture on him, when he's got to play out of structure. And I showed some of that stuff against Georgia. Or was that, that just a one-off? With Levis, you're kind of get betting on the come. Like, can he put it all together? Was his big year in 2021 a product of the offensive coordinator with Anthony Richardson? He's got all these parts, but he can he put the parts together. Um, so there are questions with all four of those guys, the four guys presumed to go in the first round. Um, and, you know, it's going to take somebody getting hot to build real value in the, in the pick. I would say that. 
Um, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting, too, about the dynamic with the quarterbacks this year, if you wait a year, you got Caleb Williams and Drake May. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you there are going to be a lot of teams that are looking at quarterbacks this year that are going to do the two-year thing. They're going to look at it and say, okay, we're going to have all of our scouts not only break down the four first-round guys and do a deep dive on all of them and do a study on all of them, we're also going to look at the guys going into the draft next year. And, you know, I think for the Bears, that's something that they have to do too, you know, and look at it and say, well, do we want to really throw out Justin Fields now and take a, and roll the dice with one of these other guys? Or do we want to sink another year into the development of Justin Fields, see where he can take us? Because obviously we know he's got great high-end potential. And then if it doesn't work out, maybe we're back in the mix for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May next year because if Fields doesn't have a very good season, then we're probably not going to be very good. Coming up next with Albert Breer, we talk about the playoff pitcher in the NFL and also why wasn't Black Monday blacker? We talk about it next on Cap and J-Hood. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and J-Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Coming up, we'll hear from Alex Brown. The great Alex Brown will be with us. Can hear his thoughts about the Bears and the NFL. Albert Breer's with us. You know, usually during Black Monday, we get a fallout of coaches, Albert. But in this one, only a couple of coaches being let go. Do you foresee more? Yeah, I think it's possible. I, I think there are a couple of factors. I mean, first of all, we already had a few Black Mondays, didn't we? I mean, the Colts and the Panthers and the... Um, and the, who am I missing? The Colts, the Panthers, and the Broncos already fired their coaches. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of why. Um, Lovey Smith was fired on Sunday night. You know, so we only had the one firing on on, uh, on on Black Monday because we'd already had four. So that gets us up to five. That's a couple short of where the average normally is. We had ten openings last year. I think that's a factor. If you're going to have a high number one year, you're naturally going to have a few less the next year. You know, and then I think um, the, the the final factor is that there are more teams in the playoffs. And so, you know, I, I think with the 14-team playoff field, you know, I think it's fair to ask, like, you know, what does Dallas do? What is what is uh, what is what do the Chargers do? What do the Cleveland? what do the Bucks do? You know, I think that there are some questions left with some teams that made the playoffs. Where maybe now because of the expanded playoff field, it's a less of a absolute that if you make the playoffs your coach is going to survive where you know i think when it was 12 teams it was a little bit more that way so after talking to matt eberflus how far away do you believe the bears are and how far do you think he is not what he's going to say publicly oh we're close and we're going to add some pieces how far away are they because i personally believe they have the worst roster in the nfl I'd say two full off seasons, um, Cap. Like I think you can, I think you can change it in two full off seasons. And I think you know there's a good example, uh, you know, a good template. I think in your division with what the Lions have done, you know, um, and the Lions had to do some similar things where there was year one you sort of hit the reset button, right? Like, and then you have to sort of you know pour into building the culture, and then you know year two it's more about you know what can we do to 
you know, I start to get high-end talent on the roster, and they go out and they draft Aiden Hutchinson. And, you know, it didn't look great at first this year, but the, but the Lions, you know, kept fighting, and the culture had already been kind of embedded there. And so one and six becomes nine and eight, and they don't make the playoffs. But, you know, now going into year three, like, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. But would it surprise anybody to see them in the playoffs, you know, in 2023? I'd say no. You know, so I think that that's sort of the template. If I'm Matt Eberflus, if I'm Ryan Poles, is look at what Detroit did. And Detroit was able to kind of fight through a whole bunch of losing to establish a culture and one that everybody in that building could believe in. And, you know, and and it was able to withstand not only a, a really rough first year, but also a rough start to the second year. And then you start to see them turn the corner there. So I think, you know, what you're looking for as a Bears fan, I think is, you know, by the end of next year, you're starting to see the change take hold. And you're starting to see it go from encouraging signs within games to wins. And then, you know, you look at that, that then whether your quarterback's Justin Fields or somebody else, I think it'll probably still be Fields. Now you're looking at you've got a clean cap, salary cap situation, you've got your picks, and you're going into 2024, 2024 offseason with a chance to really strike and, and, and build on what you've, you've put in place over your first two years. Albert, I think the most interesting thing and the most interesting team in the playoffs for me are, are the 49ers because yeah. what Kyle Shanahan, no matter who is at the quarterback, he could be able to put up points. The question is, can they do that in the playoffs? What's going on in San Francisco where things are just starting to work really well no matter who the quarterback is it, led by Shanahan? <laughs> I mean, I think Kyle deserves a ton of credit. Kyle's really good at coaching quarterbacks, and we've seen him, you know, over the years get the most out of guys like you know Matt Schaub and Kirk Cousins. But I think the other thing, look at the players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look who they've put around the quarterback. You know, they got Trent Williams at left tackle. That's a Hall of Fame player, right? They got Mike McGlinchey, who they drafted in the first round at right tackle. They've got George Kittle, who you know I I would say is the best all around tight end in football. Like. Maybe not as good a receiver as Kelsey, but all from an all-around standpoint, the best in the game. Throwing to Brandon Ayuk, who's playing like a first-round pick now, and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey behind you. And oh, by the way, like the score is never going to get out of hand because you get the best defense in the league on the other side. So, like I, I just think it's as good an environment as there is out there for a quarterback. You know, whether that quarterback's young or old, you you can plug a quarterback in there and get competent to play based on the coaching, based on the roster, based on the setup and the way they can control games. Um, it's just a really, really healthy situation for a quarterback. And so I, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is, like, doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying, like, he's like Kyle Shanahan's joystick. You know what I mean? Like, and the, he's just sort of playing a video game with all the talent he's got out there and the scheme he's got. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do think, this is a fantastic situation for a quarterback to go into, and that's allowing us to see some of the things that Brock Purdy clearly showed at Iowa State, that he's got a good head for the game, that you know, from a makeup standpoint, he's competitive, he's tough. Um, all the things that you saw from him at Iowa State is you know, Matt Campbell built that program into something it hadn't been in a long, long time with Brock Purdy as the centerpiece. You know, we're seeing those sorts of qualities because I think what they built in San Francisco – is allowing those things to come out. Hey, we're out of time, but quickly, do you get to vote for Coach of the Year? And if you do, or if you don't, who would you vote for? 
God, you're killing me now because I just did a ballot for our website and I can't remember who I vote. I think I voted for Shanahan. I think it was Kyle. That's who I I, 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 I think it was Kyle. But I, but I think he deserves it based on you know what they what they did at quarterback. I mean, to to do this with three different guys and to win ten games in a row at the end of the year. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Brock Purdy's still undefeated as a starter. And like I, I don't know, guys. Like if I had to pick it today, and I think they're going to make me pick it this week. But I, if I had to pick it today. I'd probably pick San Francisco to come out of the NFC. And to be able to do that with a rookie seventh-round quarterback is pretty impressive. So Kyle Shanahan is up there. But there are a lot of good candidates up uh, There are a lot of good candidates this year. Like I think a few weeks ago I might have picked Nick, Nick Sirianni. I think he's done a really good job. Um, Brian Dayball with the Giants. Um, there are a lot of guys who are deserving of consideration, no question about it. As always, Albert, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you. Go dogs. It is Albert Breer with us wow. here on ESPN 1000. He still sees that missed field goal in his nightmares. <laughs> uh, real, real team, real conference, real national championship. Two of them, back-to-back. Yeah. Here's a guy that's a champion. It's Alex Brown. He'll join us in two minutes on Chicago's Home for Sports. And when Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. Now... Alex Brown. Alex Brown, you see him number 96. Nine-year NFL veteran. This is how they win. And bear for life. Their defense does everything for them. Joins Cap'n J-Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Cap'n J-Hood, morning 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Hope that you're going to have a great Tuesday. We're with you until 10. It'll be greeny from 10 to noon. It'll be Carmen Yurko from 12 to 2, Waddle and Sylvie from 2 to 6. It'll be Chris Black on the Black and Abdallah show from 6 to 8, right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons from 8 to midnight right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's a big Georgia Bulldogs fan, Alex Brown. He joins us here on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Don't do that, Alex. Don't do okay. that. All right. Don't do I, that. I was, oh, man. Don't do that. Oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Boy, Florida's, wow. Florida's literally like the second place horse to Secretariat in the Belmont. Come on, well, man. Hey, Come on, Alex. Kaplan. Alex, hold Kaplan, on a second. You know what? You won't talk Kaplan. to me. Yeah. If we had, see, if, if Anthony Richardson, if we had him for another four years, well, he'd be 25 and we'd be sitting pretty good. So I mean, uh, it's hard. It's uh, hard to beat a guy that's a grown man. Uh-huh. How about how about Seth and Bennett go have kids? Like go ahead, and get out of get out of college and go have some kids. Like, uh, there we go. You going ageism <laughs> wow. on me? Ageism. Come on. Now, now, to, on. now to Alex Brown's point. To Alex Brown's point. Cap, uh, catch this now. Stetson Bennett, the uh, national champion, back-to-back national championship quarterback, is mm-hmm. older older than Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, and Mac Jones. Yes. Combined. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, he was born – like, Lamar Jackson has won – has been in the league for four or five years. He's won an MVP, and they were both born in 1997. Like, come on, Max, Max Duggan, Max Duggan, you know Max Duggan, who he was going against, he is a senior. So is uh, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett was born in 97. Max was born in 2001. Okay. Like, come on, like, this is crazy. You come know on. what? You know what, man? 
you, you need to give you. I'm still I'm still waiting for the text message. Where is the congratulations text from the great Alex Brown? At least we kept it in the family. The, S- the championships in the family. It's in the SEC. Just keep, put an asterisk by it because they have a grown man. Oh. Imagine if, just imagine, when they're, they're comparing. I heard people comparing what he did at Georgia, winning the two national titles, to what Tebow did. Let's keep it in perspective. Tebow did it at 18 and 20. This kid did it at 24 and 25. He was a grown man, too. He was doing missions, though, uh, Tebow. He was doing was. Keep it in perspective. That's all. Like, geez, See that, cap. We had Tebow at 20. Tebow was one year from being completely out of football at, when he was 25. Hey, he had been through the NFL. He was one year from being out of football forever. A.B., I told these guys uh, Alabama should have been in. TCU was no a doubt. fraud. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that, that's – well, we knew that. I mean, that what was it? Twelve, thirteen points. I hope you jumped all over it because that was that was an easy that was easy money right there. That was stealing. And you saw it in the first quarter that they just didn't have it. They were showing TCU's um, defensive or offensive linemen, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, man, like Georgia got guys bigger than them at linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a joke, man. They did not belong yeah. there. No, they didn't. No, it was a good story, but. Yeah, no, nah, they they didn't they didn't belong there. No, the Bears have the number one pick in the in mm-hmm. the NFL draft, and yes. we've had all this conjecture back and forth on what the Bears should do with it. There's there's value to that pick. So, what do you think is best for the Bears, a team that needs everything, almost everything? I think I think um, I think there's a consensus throughout Chicago Bear fans in Chicago that you trade the pick, right? Like you, for the most part, I'd say most people say you trade down and you garner more picks. If I mean, you have to have somebody that wants to trade, right? If you don't have that, I, in the particular defense that we're in, I mean, you just you got to go with Anderson if that's the case. Or maybe the kid out of Clemson. I, I'm anxious to see how the next three or four months play out and the type of ability these guys have. Because a lot of times you see players in college and they're not in the position that they're going to be in in the NFL. I'm going right to Javon Curse. When you saw Javon Curse in college, he wasn't the pass rusher that he became uh, in the NFL. They had him playing Sam Linebacker. How are you going to use this particular talent on your team? And I think that is the evaluation that's going to be going forward for the next three, four months. And that's what we'll figure out, which guy that can come in and make an, an immediate impact if, in fact, we're not able to trade that pick um, to garner more picks. But last year – it would be a horrible time. It would have been a horrible time to have the number one pick because the quarterback, I think the top quarterback went to Pittsburgh mid-first round. This time you have a number of teams that need quarterbacks. They, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Houston needs a quarterback. Um, you got uh, uh, Indy needs a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Carolina. Have, Carolina, yes. You have a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta, Vegas. I mean, these, these teams need a quarterback. I, mean, you, I don't know how Seattle feels about Geno Smith, but they're going to want a young quarterback in there just in case Geno reverts back to being Geno. So we'll see. But it's a great time to have this pick, and there's a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. Um, some people believe two or three franchise-type quarterbacks in this draft. So uh, we should be able to really garner a haul if we can – Maybe trade down. I, I say trade down a couple times. 
and still get the offensive lineman you want, still get um, a pass rusher that you want, still get – I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to do, but it's, it's a great position to be in in a perfect year. We got to get through free agency first and see what we can um, – actually what holes we can fill there. And then once we do that, then we'll focus on the draft. Okay, so my question, and we're talking with Alex Brown, former Bear standout, SEC Hall of Famer. Saint. Former Saint. Yes. So. <laughs> but, whoa, whoa, why? wait, wait, wait. Former Bear standout? What does that mean? You were a former Bear who was a standout player. No, 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 no. The, number, the, the fourth all-time in sacks is not just a standout. That's Stand, not a standout. Come on, a, come on, Cap. Stand, Don't do me like that. Standout is being full of praise. Okay, f- former Bear <laughs> Super great. Bowl star. Great. Former Bear great. Is that that former, works? Former oh, Bear yeah. great. You got it. There we go. My okay, guy. my question to you is, when Ryan Pohl speaks at the podium at 1030, Saint. there mm-hmm. are certain people that feel that he has to go up and go, Will we take a quarterback? I don't know. I'll evaluate all our options. I'm not sure what we're going to do. I believe he is going to commit to Justin. He could still have the same phone conversations, but he's not going to open up a public narrative of, oh, maybe he's going to trade Justin. I think he's going to back his guy. You take me inside a player's mind. What does he do up there, and how does it affect the locker room? Well, I think he'll have a conversation with Justin prior to that conversation that he's going to have with the public. And I know um, I had a coach like that. Coach, coach Lovey Smith was not like that at all, but Coach Spurrier was like that. Like, you don't worry about what he says. And he'll tell us. Like, he'll come in and he'll let us know, don't worry about what I'm saying in the media. This is what I feel. And he'll tell us how he, how he actually felt. So I think he'll go and have a conversation with, um, with Justin and then everybody understands that has anything to do with the NFL, that this is smoke and mirror time. You want people to think one thing or you're actually doing something else. So if people believe that we are okay with that, we may take a quarterback, it may influence them to not only give us that trade their first this year and next year, but it might make them actually throw in a third too. So it's just, you want to go smoke and mirrors. I think, um, I think he has a conversation with uh, with Justin regardless of what he talks about today at 1030. I want to talk to you about a man that is strong in his convictions, and that's your former coach. You just mentioned Lovey Smith. So, so <laughs> Lovey Smith is like, nah, now nah, we're going to win this game. We're going to try to win as many games as possible. The press in Houston asked Lovey, what about losing on purpose? And Lovey said, right, this is the option that I had. So you're saying, hey, guys, playing this last game, you know, all that you've been working for all your life, you play to win, forget that, lose the game on purpose, I think that would be a hard one to get by. They wouldn't expect me to say that. I didn't. What well, we work each week, our game plan has been to win the game. It's kind of simple as that. And that's what we followed through on today. Hour later, he was fired. So, so your, 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 your thoughts, though, about a man that's strong in his convictions, that, I'm sure that did not surprise you at all. Zero. Not at all. Not at all. In the players, I mean, I don't think it's just a, it's a Lovey Smith thing. I think it's a, the NFL thing. When players don't throw games. Now, the management can have a different opinion about what they want to go on in the game, but they're not coming down and telling players to lose. Because I mean, I've been on 
the Bears just went on a 10-game losing streak, and they're still on that 10-game losing streak. I was a part of the one that was eight-game losing streak. We all wanted to win. We just couldn't win. We weren't good enough to win. It wasn't like we were tanking for an individual player. This is not basketball. It's not like that. I get it that that stuff happens. And honestly, in those sports, that stuff is accepted. It's accepted and expected from to a certain degree. But in football, that's just not the way it goes. I mean, you you go out and you play. You go out and you try to win. Now, if a coach or a management wants to, if they want to lose or they want to see other players, they'll put younger players in knowing that our winning percentage for that game goes down because this guy right here isn't as good as probably the guy they just replaced. But um, there's not, a, there's never a collective effort to lose. No, no, you're trying to win. We just went through one of the most horrific things or one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on a football field personally um, with uh, the kid at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And you're still going out there and you're making those hits and you're putting yourself in harm's way. I'm not going out there to do it. Um, with the intention of losing. No, you're not doing that. You're going to go out and you're going to put your best foot forward and you're going to try to win. That's, it's not surprising at all. And a guy with the integrity of Lovey Smith and how he is, is me knowing him as a person, um, heck no. He's not doing it. No chance. A.B., all the best. We love having you on. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you during the playoffs, but it's been an honor to be your partner on TV, and Hoodie and I love having you with us here. Guys, I really appreciate it. Um, let's, let's run it back. Give it three years. Three years, I'm calling it right now. Ryan Poles, I'm, I, I, have a, I really feel good about what he was able to do last year in the draft with the draft capital that he has this year. I think he's going to build something special, and in about three years, I fully expect to be in, I'm not going to say the Super Bowl, but I expect to be in the NFC Championship game competing for a chance to go to a Super Bowl. I really do. Alex, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on back. See ya. Love y'all, man. Go, go dogs. dogs. Go dogs. And answer your emails. It's Alex Brown wow. with us. What is his email? I don't know, but it rings a lot, doesn't Gator it? GatorDude at <laughs> gmail.com. I'm not sure what it is. His emails are always going, though. Alex Brown with us here on ESPN 1000. Coming up next, must-hear audio from a Chicago Bear, Justin Jones. Wait until you hear what Justin Jones had to say uh, to the press. Do the Bears have a failure to communicate? We'll find out next on Cap and J Hood.